So today we're leaning on Nikki Bush uh, and her insights and knowledge to figure out how to handle this issue with our children. No doubt you have to have these conversations in your home with your children as a family. Um, they need to also wrap their minds around what this means to their schooling. So how should we frame it to them? Nikki joins us now and she is a human potential and parenting expert. Good afternoon, Nikki. Good afternoon, Azza. Thanks for being with us. Happy Wednesday to you as we carry on with just holding on in there. Last time we talked about grit, about resilience at this time, and we certainly can use some of that as things continue to change. But the question of the phased reopening of schools is one that has many families anxious. How should we frame um, current events to our children? How should we have this conversation with them? So as a yes, it's a very interesting question and a very loaded question, and there's no single right answer here. Uh, you know, there's multiple choice here. <laughs> and it's so individual based on your family, based on, you know, who's living in your home right now. There are a whole lot of questions one has to ask, um, you know, some critical thinking that has to take place. And mm. I guess it's also filtering out all that news you've heard and what's true and what's not true. So it's a minefield. And just about every single webinar I have run in the last 10 days, that's been one of the questions that's come up from parents. Like, should we send our children back to school and how should we talk to them? And as I said earlier in this whole COVID-19 pandemic, right at the beginning of lockdown, is try not to talk to your children in absolutes. Okay. Because we must remain fluid at this time. And just linking back to another conversation we had around those seven stages of adjustment and transition, mm. uh, we don't have full control. So when you don't have full control of this new environment, uh, we're testing. We, we, we're sending our kids back to school, some children back to school soon, uh, to test this new environment, this new way of doing schooling, which is not the same way, same as school used to be. And that's one of the conversations we'll get back to. But yeah. um, because we are not fully in control and because we're dealing with an invisible virus, that changes and our knowledge of this virus changes. You know, we're we're a good month behind the US, for example. So we should be learning some best practice, how they have transitioned or are, mm. are transitioning mm. back to to um, norm normality or a new normal. And, and the that's, kind that's of words my next question. That's actually my next question about the transitioning. Um, what should go into preparing our children for transition and adjustment of yeah. going back? Okay, so firstly, let's look at the lingo, the language that we use. So we need mm -hmm. to say things like, the plan is for you to go back to school on this date, but, but, mm. they've got to be mm. lots of buts right now. But you know how uh, we were in lockdown and we thought we were going to be out of lockdown at the end of three weeks, and then we were asked to stay in for another two weeks. You see, this mm -hmm. thing can change. So while we think you might be going back to school on this date, don't be surprised if that date should change. We mm. really need to cover ourselves here. It's a little bit like an insurance policy <laughs> because <laughs> we just don't know. 
And then um, we need to to be talking to our children, especially the younger children. So if mm-hmm. you're looking at your, because um, some of the grade ones are going back, depending on which school, etc. You know, yes. for them, they're not at that stage where they can intellectually kind of comprehend this thing. And they're going to go back to school in an environment where they have to wear masks, where they're not allowed to touch each other, where before they go up and down a jungle gym, someone will sanitize it before the next child goes. They're going to have to wait uh-huh. their turn. The spontaneity of childhood is going to be disrupted. And they need to be prepared for it. And it reminds me of a, a book I read many years ago called The Out of Sync Child. And it was for parents whose children were suffering from sensory overload. And mm-hmm. what you do with an out of sync child is you actually talk them through step by step, like before you go to the shops or before you go to a kid's party. Yes. You say, right, yes. <laughs> we're going to get in the car. We're going to yeah. make sure we've got the present. We're going to drive to so-and-so's house. And when we get there, I will park the car. Well, if you know it's in a driveway or I'll be parking the car on the sidewalk, Mm -hmm. we'll be walking Mm -hmm. in. And when we walk in, there will probably be at least 20 children there. And we will give the present to the party party child or the mother or you literally walk your child through what it's going to be like. Now, if you've had a detailed letter from the school saying... Parents are not allowed mm-hmm. to go into the property, which is the number one thing at the moment, is that they feel mm-hmm. that parents will be bigger spreaders of the disease than children. We know children are not high carriers of this disease and are often asymptomatic. And if they do get the disease, they don't get very ill. But adults are obviously, you know, a little bit more susceptible. So parents have to prepare their children with the conversation. So when we go back to school, these are the new rules of the game of going back to school during COVID-19. Remember, we spoke about rules of Uno and Rummy and Monopoly. This game too has some rules. I will be dropping you outside of school. When you walk in, somebody is going to take your temperature with one of those little machines like we've seen at the pharmacy or the shops, you know, where they Mm -hmm. do it on your forehead. For some children, you're going to have to go into the nitty-gritty detail so that they are not shocked and surprised. This is the thing, is to lower the shock and surprise. And then you, if the school's got a foot bath, you'll be walking through a foot bath, which is going to wet the underside of your shoes and Mm -hmm. kill any of the virus. And then you're going to have to sanitize your hands after that. And then when you get into your classroom, I mean, it sounds like ridiculous what I'm saying. But if you don't do this with your children and they land up in their classroom where there is literally a 1.5 square meter tape around their desk, they will be shocked because, you know, they're not allowed to step out of that square. And if they Mm. do, they have to re-sanitize everything. It's a mission. Going back to school is a mission and it is not easy. My niece is is in grade 12 and Mm -hmm. they are literally, they have tracking devices. They are being tracked. They're being tracked to the toilet. They're being tracked around the classroom. They may only use a specific toilet cubicle. And this is so that should there be an outbreak, should there be an outbreak, whoever is infected, they will then track who they had contact with Mm. over what period of time. And then maybe only those children need to be quarantined or that class needs to be quarantined or that grade needs to be quarantined before they shut down. Today we're hearing... 
Absolutely. We're hearing news of a school being shut because the principal has tested positive. I think it was in the Northwest, actually. So um, mm. that is that sounds like an interesting piece of technology that, of course, will only um, be accessible to certain schools. Um, but that's incredible so that you don't go, you don't disrupt schooling and shut down the whole school, <laughs> but that you're able to see who's been uh, who's come into contact with an infected person. Unbelievable. Yeah, so very helpful piece of equipment or, or device, or it, it might even just be on a cell phone. I'm not sure. But, mm, of course, mm. what does it make the children feel like? The comment was, I feel like I'm in jail. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, being at home during the lockdown, uh, being at home during oh. the lockdown, rather, also had a lot of kids just feeling quite like contained that they couldn't be free they wanted to go outside and play it was a source of great frustration and now this thing of going back to school being around their friends also comes with these limitations and and constraints hugely frustrating i can imagine enormously so as a and i think we have to bear this in mind i do believe mm. though we must believe in our children's resilience that they right. are programmed to be resilient but we must believe in them and their ability to make the transition. Of course, the first week or two or three is mm. going to be very strange, just like it was for us the first three weeks of lockdown. And then we kind of started getting used to it, you know, and our children will get used to the new conditions. And who's to say, who's to say that another month down the line, there isn't more research and more statistics that then proves just for argument's sake that wearing a mask is unnecessary. And then mm -hmm. the whole game changes yet again. again. Or, mm. you know, anything could happen. Really, anything could happen. Or maybe the reverse. Maybe everyone's mm. going to be sent home from school. Who knows? Exactly. We don't know. And that's precisely the point I'm yeah. trying to make here. Is so how do we support them then, Nikki? How do, we support, how do we support our children through all of this? So I do think that some basics still apply. And that yeah. means... Once again, going to back, back to routine, having that regular awake time, regular go to bed time, regular meal times, uh, talking together. It's going to be really important for your children to be able to download their experience and mm -hmm. tell you how they are feeling, even if it is mm -hmm. negative that they're frustrated and they're irritated. As we talked about last week on the show, I think we're in for the, the frustration irritation game now. This is where mm -hmm. we're moving and. Then something like the Sweets and the Sours game, uh, which we have mentioned on this show before, and our listeners can yeah. go and download it on NikkiBush.com, to make sure that at the end of every day around the dinner table, you have the conversation where everybody gets a chance to put on the table something negative that happened to them today and how it made them feel. And then the second round, once everyone's done the negative, is something positive and how it made them feel. And what that does is it, it ensures that everybody in the family gets seen, gets heard, and feels prioritized at least mm. once a day. Mm -hmm. That's important. And then to go through the the pros and the cons, uh, you know, of, of their day, you know, what, what was not, you know, you could make a list. So what's not so nice about how school is now mm -hmm. for those of, for those of them who, who are going back or have gone back. And then on the plus side, so what's good about being back at school and yeah. to help them to get that down on paper and to see it in black and white. And I think just acknowledging that we are living um, you know, with 
dual feelings with this paradox that it's okay and it's not okay at the same time and and getting used to living mm. with that ambiguity like we know working from home has got its pluses and its minuses and it's it's full of ambiguity isn't it you know it's got its mm -hmm. own challenges but it's also got some real upside for us and we need to make sure we keep that perspective of the up no, and imagine the down. It's Yeah, I imagine it's also important that parents share for themselves. I mean, share their experiences as well. Like, you know, they, this is I've had difficulties adjusting and adapting myself. You know, where I used to go into work, now I have to work at all. So almost to 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 say to the child that you're not the only one, uh, not looking at you and saying get with it and adjust quickly. But this is how I've also struggled. So we're all in this together, so that they don't feel like there's something not okay with them. Mm. But Nikki, how important is a flexible mindset right now? And how do we, how do we create? And if, if maybe it's not, it's not something we focused on before, but how do we then nurture and develop a, a flexible mindset? Well, there's two things I'd like to mention here. And the one is to give your children an analogy of playing a game like chess or checkers, you know, where you jump your piece over other pieces to get to the other side of the board and mm -hmm. you take a turn and then the other person takes a turn. And if you were playing chess, you might have worked out what your next move is. But when your your opponent makes a move, they might move one of the pieces you were going to jump over or yeah. they might block your move by moving into a space that you had seen moving your pawn into. That's pretty much a good analogy of where we find ourselves right now. We've got a game plan. We think this is how it's going to work. But then if somebody moves their piece, you know, into another space and it blocks us, we're going to have to come up with another plan. So that is our reality right now, that no matter how much we plan, there may be changes and we will have to change our game plan. And that means that we need to raise the skill of the power of reflection, of being reflective and mm. being able to step back after a day and say, well, what worked today? And what didn't work today? What worked for me today? And what didn't work for me today? And what am I going to do about it? And I yes. think this is very important that we keep control of our own power where we can. And there's a nice um, exercise that you can do in your homes and families called the choice jar. You can mm -hmm. make a family choice jar. And this is all about making sure that your children realize that their happiness and their joy comes from inside, from themselves, mm. that mm. that we need to be the generator of our own moments of happiness and joy and not be victims and waiting for somebody mm. else to make us happy and joyful. So you can get your kids, uh, find a jar, the bigger the better, get your kids to write down all the little things that they like to do at home and that they have control over. And they can put those strips of paper in the jar, fold them up, um, and then decorate the jar. And they can call it my little, my little jar of choices. And when they're feeling frustrated or irritated, they get to go to the jar and pull out one of the things that they know they're in control of that they can do for themselves. Yes. You know, whether it's to go and jump on the trampoline or whether it's to bake with mummy or whether whatever it is or have a hot bubble mm. bath just to empower them that even though some of their other choices have been taken away, there are things that they can 
control. And then my last thing, because I know we've got to the end of the hour, is the family celebration plate. Use it to celebrate any little wins in the family. That that somebody was patient. You coped today. You kept your mask on for six whole hours. And that's another (laughs) thing, Azza. If your kids are going back next week, get them used to wearing their mask for many hours in the day at home. But I was going to say, Nikki, I think we can also compliment just on that last uh, note that you made. Uh, your blog on the winning mindset are not a birthright. They are optional, as in we can augment uh, and, and add to what you were saying by looking at that particular blog. I thought it was really fantastic yes. because it talks about a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And it'll help us, you know, to, to nurture this flexible mindset that uh, we need to, 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 to live by. Um, is there a webinar coming up? Yes, there is a webinar coming up, actually. Uh, next week, I am running three free webinars on Wednesday, the 10th of June. There's one in the morning, one in the afternoon, one in the evening called The Realities of Working at Home with Kids. And mm. that's based on my white paper, the okay. Keep Your Business Running white paper. And mm-hmm. uh, you can find out more about those on NikkiBush.com or drop us an email at info at NikkiBush.com. I would love Fantastic. to see as many people as possible. Let's upskill you. Um, let's let's have a really good conversation and give you tools to cope better over this time. Oh, Absolutely. and the Hope and Grit blog is up, by the way. It's oh, yes, called, from last um, week. Thank you. Yes. Hope hope and grit while walking through mud and molasses. Woo. All right. Looking forward to that. Nikki, thank you. That's <laughs> NikkiBush.com.